As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hello and welcome to The Athletic NBA Show. It's Wednesday. I'm Dave DeFore here with Mo DeKeele. Seth part now, so that means it's Nerder, she wrote. Man, how about that game last night, guys? What a finish to Lakers Suns. Listen, this was a uh this was a Monday Nitro before <laughs> the Royal Rumble. You know what I mean? I mean, uh, uh, uh Halloween <laughs> Havoc. We've lost you're already. Lose, you're gonna lose was, me before we start the podcast. This finish Jeez. was so good. Controversy creates cash. And there was controversy at the end of Lakers Suns. And look, if you listen to this show, I'm just going to assume that you've are, seen are it. Are you saying because... that Devin screwed Devin? Is that, the, <laughs> is that Phoenix screwed Phoenix? No, yeah. uh, this was unfortunately, unfortunately, the ref uh, made a bad call, but an honest bad call. Like this was just a tough. It's a split second. There's bodies flying all over the place. You've got a guy yelling in your ear. But man, that timeout, we're going to be talking about this for a long time, I think. Um, and, and the game itself was was pretty good, um, but we're only going to talk about this timeout call. Well, the, the one thing, just a word of advice for refs. When you're not sure, just don't blow the whistle. Do nothing. Just don't blow the whistle. Um, but I think that what's a shame about this, because I think you're right, the timeout call is going to kind of be the, the thing everybody's going to talk about. Phoenix Suns are going to go irate. Man, AD missed two free throws at the end, and they had a chance to tie it. Like I, I mean, it's it's still right there. They also went quack two with eleven seconds left. I know, but, yeah, I mean, but they still had, you know, it worked yeah. out for them. But uh, yeah, yeah, you know, but like there's there's a lot of stuff there um, to bite on. But more importantly, that was a playoff game. It was. that was another playoff game. Like that had the intensity of a playoff game. You know, the Lakers go up. The Suns have a massive third quarter. Like that was really like they really kind of 14-0 run and and really kind of pushed put it on the Lakers from there and made it a game the rest of the way. And it was back and forth the whole time. That was riveting basketball. I think two of the four semis really delivered. And honestly, in that's that's probably doing pretty well just that's in terms the final of four like, in the college. It, yeah. You know, if like, you compare yeah. it to think about playoff games. I mean, we get yeah. we get dud playoff games. And I'm not calling Bucks Knicks a dud, although 
you know, oh, it, was, it was a dud for the Knicks, and we'll, we'll talk about that. But the, the game itself was still entertaining. Um, but Lakers, Suns, Pacers, Celtics, playoff feel, playoff atmosphere, playoff. Comp- um, I, I mean, I just it, it was it was a very it was fun to watch. Um, but uh, let, let's talk a little bit about the game. This is the the Suns have some issues, and depth I think is is exactly what we expected to be their biggest problem. It's proving to be their biggest problem. Are they going to be able to compete when we, when we get to, you know, I mean, when, when they're fighting for seeding, are they going to be able to get into that top four? Like, I think this team needs home court advantage. I just don't know there's that they've got the guys right now. So there's two bits here. There's really three bits here if you think about it. One is their margin for error in doing that because they're so top heavy. Uh, the second is like, yes, it's important for them to get home court, but it's also like for them as for every team, it's important to get to the playoffs right. with their guys whole. And uh, I think the Lakers have this problem a little too. Um, a, a crazy stat that I've been watching is, do you know who is leading the NBA in possessions played so far this year? Got to be LeBron. LeBron. Anthony Davis. Oh, okay. All right. (laughs) Yeah. And like, you know, with his history, that's something that like, you know, pops, pops your eyes out of your head. So it puts them at risk of like running their guys down before the playoffs. And then in the playoffs, uh, which has, you know, has become such a weak link game where if you have a guy who sticks out like a store thumb, the better teams, that guy, we're going at that guy. We're going to figure out the best way to go at him. And they're probably always going to have one or more of those on the floor. Well, I mean, just it's what we talked about from the beginning. They have a playoff problem in Yusuf Nurkic, as great as he is for them offensively. And I think he's awesome for them offensively. He had a beautiful pass over the top to AD for a cutting layup and, and things like that. I think he's going to be involved in every pick and roll action. I have to go back and rewatch to count it up. But I, I can just offhand, I know of two pick and rolls that LeBron got downhill on them drew a foul on a KD on one of them and got a, and one on your, on Nurkic off of that. Like that's already one playoff problem. They got to answer to answer your original question, Dave. Yeah. I think they need home court advantage, but so do I think everybody in the playoffs is going to need, need home court advantage. I'm worried about just when are we going to see them fully healthy? I know there's talk Bradley Beal will be able to hopefully come back next week, but it's a back thing. You never know what happens with that. That can change super quick. KD can get KD kind of got banged up a little bit in this game against the Lakers. And I think you have to be concerned with those things. Like, are they going to have enough time together as a full healthy unit to really kind of build the sort of a chemistry and start to have that cohesion going into the playoffs? Well, and you mentioned Nurkic and how they're, you know, he's going to be a target for opposing offenses. The Suns don't have a higher defensive gear, and Nurkic is a big part of that. When you look at the down the stretch of this game, I mean, Anthony Davis guarded Devin Booker on the wing and and stonewalled him as well as I've seen any big ever do to, to Devin Booker. Um, the Lakers do have that ability to crank it up to 11 defensively. They've got some guys, I mean, even LeBron, right? I mean, it, and a lot of it, it's not just physical with LeBron. I mean, it's a lot of mental stuff with LeBron. Like he just knows where to be, but they all are able to turn it up. Those late game possessions, they were, they were more physical. The Suns couldn't match that physicality. And I think that that's a big problem for them that they've had for a few years. And, and Nurkic was supposed to, I, I think, theoretically solve it, but he doesn't. 
I mean, there was a possession you're talking about with LeBron defensively where he was all over the court, and I think they kind of highlighted it in a, in a replay where he was on the ball, rotated over to the weak side, then slid over and got the steal and things like that. Like, there's that's the kind of stuff when you're talking about, like, can we amp it up? And at points in this game, you know, when LeBron kind of took over at the end of the fourth quarter of this game, I just felt like, man, they have nobody that could stop him. Like, who, like, I was just thinking, like, who, you know, Eric Gordon's a good defender. He can't stop LeBron. KD's a, a good defender. He can't stop LeBron. After that, I'm kind of just like, Devin Booker's too small. Uh, you know, Grayson Allen ends up on him. He's getting bullied. He's blown by Nurkic. Like, I, I would, that's a problem for them. I, I want to, I just, we're going to switch gears because I, I got to talk about LeBron at some point. We've gotten a quarter of the way through the season and I don't think we've spent a lot of time on LeBron this year. I mean, and this is, he's, this is year 21 for him. So we kind of just expect this. This guy's 39 years old. How in the hell is he doing this? He played 40 minutes last night. Hit 31 points. I mean, this is the most, he was, I thought, the most impactful player in this game. He's been the most impactful player for the Lakers this season. This is incredible what he's doing. Um, Are are we, like, I I don't even know, like, is this sustainable for the Lakers? Like, are we, do we need to just say, are you guys waiting for the other shoe to drop with him? Or, Or is this just like, this guy looks great. He's so, he looks so healthy. He is He's very invested in the in the in season tournament. He is so. Also, I'm wondering if we we see this level kind of as we move into more normal play. If this is something we get night to night, and I kind of think there's going to be a a you know what we've what we've come to see from like the almost the the casual excellence we've seen from kind of late career LeBron where you know there might be stretches where he dials it up but for the most part he's he's managing his way through a season that that's that's sort of what I expect to see once we we get done with the tournament because I think he would very much like to be the inaugural tournament MVP I mean listen Michael Jordan never did it yeah, so fair. Um, and, I, and I love that by the way I, I I love the investment go ahead Mo I'm sorry I didn't mean it no no but that's it like what Seth said is spot on. It's, you know, and my question is like, that's fine. I just want to see the toll it's going to have on him at the end of the season, you know, and, and, and where he's at energy level wise. Like, look, they tried to start the season with the bullshit idea that he was going to play 25 minutes a game, <laughs> you know, and, and, and they were yeah. trying to arrest him. Like they understood that. And obviously the in-season tournament as Seth said, and it shows shows in the way he's played in these particular games that he's he's fully invested in and wants to be the MVP of it and 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 run through it. I just I I'm curious at what cost, you know, and I think that's going to be an interesting one. And we'll have to see in February, March and April what he looks like cuz, you know, he's amazing now and I'm not trying to take any of it away, but like can he keep this up cuz I don't know if he can. Yeah. Um let's quickly uh talk Bucks Knicks. Um the Bucks Offense looks great. They they are going to score a lot of points this season, Seth, I, I think. Just safe to say. Um, they had one of the most ridiculous shooting performances ever in this game. Uh, they, they were 23 of 38 from three. And that's um, with missing a, a, a fair few in garbage time. They were, I think they were like 18 of 27 at one point. 
It was uh, it was a it was a. I mean, we'll talk about this more. I think it was it was kind of a weird environment, and there's one period in the third quarter where it got pretty loud when they started banging a bunch of threes, and then they kept making a bunch of threes, and New York couldn't kind of keep up, and so the game got out of hand. Um, but yeah, it's it's it's. I know we're going to talk about this with respect to the Knicks, but this is sort of almost one of those games where, given the shooting disparity, what do you take from it? Like the Bucks were, you know, twenty of some not 20 like 20 of 31 at one point in the and the Knicks were four of 19 and like if that happens in today's NBA that's you know which team won that game like 95 percent of the time yeah no listen when you give up when it's plus 48 at the three-point line you're it's a wrap it's done it's like it's just and and it was just incredible shot making like I honestly don't know how else to describe it? Like it was so incredible where it's like, I'm pretty sure I could have went three for four in that game with that. Like if I just wore a Bucks Jersey, I probably would have knocked a few in. Like that's how incredible everybody was just legitimately on fire. And this is one of those games that you go, cool. You know, what's coming in the next week, somewhere in the next week is going to be a game where they can't make a single <laughs> regression. It's going to be like a four for 30 night <laughs> because of that. But you know, it's, it's in that sense, but there's a, a, a level. This was just absurd though. Like I don't even really, it took me out of the game. They shot yeah. the ball so well. It actually took me out of the game where I was like, all right, I'm good. They're going to make and everything. It, the shooting covered up for, you know, the Bucks defense, which still is just it's it's a mess in my opinion. Um, but the, the Knicks got I by I was at this game and I and and so that I didn't I wasn't like watching along with the play by play. But it I think I counted seven layups the Knicks got on fast breaks off of Bucks makes, and that's a problem. Now I think running. that some of that some of that is um, so, some of that is the the, the Knicks are that. The, the, the Knicks are sneakily like looking to leak out and do stuff like that. And a couple of them were uh, at least one was Julius Randall saying, Hey, I got fouled and not getting back on defense. And, and then, you know, being one-on-one with Dame Lillard after the Bucks made a shot. Um, but that is still of a piece with the almost the, the, the still the disorganization of the Bucks defense that we've, we've kind of seen all year and the shooting like, pretty comprehensively covered that up, but it's, it, this game was like 72 to 70 at halftime. So, so they, and they were shooting the ball well in the first half and up to, it was no, no, they were, they were shooting it well in the first half. They had more, uh, I, I felt like they had just had a better flow of offense in general. And you're, you're right. There was no separation because of how poor their defense was. And again, that's, that's what I'm watching with the bucks. Offense will be fine. I felt like they leaned more offensively into the Dame Giannis pick and roll. I thought we got a lot more of those actions and and, and a lot more of those two playing with each other. But that ain't my concern. It's the defense. And that's going to be the massive problem for them. That's the question of, you know, if we're going to talk about them as legitimate contenders, you know, what's their defense going to be like? Because as Seth is saying, you're giving up about seven layups off of made baskets. I mean, that's just, that's awful. That's terrible stuff right there. And that's the thing you got to be concerned about going forward. Yeah. Um, I almost their, their feel like is, their defense is, is it's almost uh, it, it's reminiscent of sort of the, uh, the, the late jazz defense where it's uh Brooke will figure it out. And in this, in the yeah. third quarter, especially when the books started to pull away in this game, he was tremendous, but that's, you know, it's, it's how, how much, how much are you asking? 
and you know you're letting you're turning guys loose downhill and and you know on on another night maybe maybe that leads to some offensive rebounds and stuff like that and the other thing is is they is is they just foul so much compared to what they used to do yeah looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Yeah, lack of discipline for sure. Um, This game, I almost felt like, Sure, the Bucks shot the lights out, and you the takeaway from them is about their defense. But the Knicks, to me, in the in this game, I, I thought this is a and Mo, correct me if I'm wrong here, but this is sort of a continuation of what we see when they play against high level competition. Yeah, I mean, this is just one of those things. I it, when you watch them, I feel like. Look, we want New York to be good. It's fun for the league. New York Nick fans want to tell us how how good they are and everything and this and that. But every time they come up, these are these are measurement games for the Knicks. And and anytime they go up against Boston, anytime they go up against Philly, anytime they go up against Milwaukee, this is a measurement game. And every time we see that, they tend to just not measure up. And I think that's the the thing is you just feel like, wow, they're they're much further away than they should be. And again, granted tonight, freakish shooting night from the Bucks, But they didn't do much in the second half that was impressive. You know, it, it, at the same time, like uh, uh, Randall was like, what, had 25 points at 14 to 14 and a half. That was also freakish. Like there's a level of that for them, too. And I think, you know, you, you, we can kind of trade those off. But I felt like in the second half, they just fall apart. It's their offense doesn't really kind of – it comes and goes when they run an actual offense and when they just freelance. And I feel like there's a lot of issues for them. There was a lot of uh, – of you know, it, they, there was the the fast breaking and some some bad fouls by the Bucks, but it but when the Knicks had to play a half against a half-court defense, it was a lot of the same old Julius Randle back down, bang, bang, shoot a step back. And he made them all. Which is great, but that's not that's a, that's a hard road. Yeah, and, and didn't get their role players involved hardly at all in, in the offense. I mean, uh, Quentin Grimes took one shot in this game, and, and that's just not a recipe for success. Like you can't have a, sh- a starter who's just not going to shoot. Um, after the game, he even he talked about how you know he's he's worried about making mistakes. I, I don't know. I. I I think the Knicks need maybe need to shake things up a little bit. Um, and, and this isn't just about one game. This is uh, sort of the trend for the season for them. But I did think that the game last night was a good demonstration of kind of where this Knicks team is. They're they're pretty good, but they're not up there in that elite company. And, and the Bucks aren't, in my opinion, the Bucks aren't in that top tier right now because of their lack of defense. So, um, I, like like Mo just said, it was it, it was an opportunity for them to measure up, to make a statement. And they got blown out. 
So, um, yeah, that's my big takeaway from the Knicks. They're not quite good enough. Uh, Let's talk a little bit because the in-season tournament, obviously we've got the continuation of the knockout stage. The semifinals are tomorrow. Um, Got an early start, which is awesome. Thank you very much. I love a 2 p.m. Pacific start for a basketball game. That's fantastic for sports fans. Um, The Pelicans and the Pacers – are the other two teams. The games, we're, we're going to have uh, Bucks, Pacers, Pelicans, Lakers. Um, and that's going to be a Lakers home game for the Pelicans. Yeah, yeah for uh, sure. Although Brandon Ingram, I bet Brandon Ingram gets, uh, no, no, gets a no, good no, ovation no, from no, those Lakers no, crowd. No, no, uh, no, 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 no. So the, let, let's talk quickly about the Pels and, and the Pacers. Um, the, the Pelicans kind of finding their footing. Zion has looked really good here lately um and i know that you know the the broadcast kind of making fun of him for the you know not being in shape just out there kind of playing on feel uh but the guy is productive i i don't i I, there's not a lot of argument you can make there um outside of the defensive end just gets to the basket at a higher at a higher propensity than anybody in NBA history. I mean, you just you gotta you come back to that. Like whatever, whatever he whatever he does, like maybe it's like I don't want to shoot, so I'm just gonna go to the basket. But his combination of size, speed, and and really agility is is just so unprecedented. Yeah, and I just think he still needs to be a little bit lighter because it'll be even yeah, quicker. Yes. And it'll be yes. even quicker on top of that with, with all of those things. Listen, the honest truth is the Pelicans just need him to try 10% harder on defense. Not much. He's not going to be great. He's never going to be an unbelievable defender or anything like that. Just 10% harder. Don't get lost after the rotation. And I think those are the things that will, will take them forward with that. But this team, and this is the honest thing here, is this is a team I think that's poised to really kind of explode here. Yes. Now that they're fully healthy, they got Trey Murphy back. They have... You know, obviously Herb Jones, CJ McCollum back. And if they can be fully healthy, like this is a team that's poised to really explode and shoot up the standings. Like I can see them going on a 10 game win streak. Like this is, this is a team I think that will probably win the in-season tournament. If you want my guess, like young team ready to roll. I know they got to go up against the juggernaut of LeBron, but I think they are going to go pretty hard. Like it's going to be interesting to see AD try to slow down Zion who's going to be constantly looking to attack the rim over and over and over again. And, you know, I think that's the challenge there for the Lakers. But I think with this Pelicans team, I mean, listen, they have so many guys and so much wing depth. Jordan Hawkins didn't play. Like, that's how good they are. And he's good. He can play. And it's like, that's how good they are in that sense. And I think that's the stuff we're watching for them. I think this is a team that will, even beyond the in-season tournament, I think we're going to see if they can stay healthy really shoot up the standings. One of the big advantages, you know, in watching the Lakers against the Suns last night, um, you know, the Lakers are, are actually big. I mean, AD plays big. LeBron can play big. And I think that the Pelicans are a team that matches up pretty well with that. Valanchunas and Zion, I mean, that's a load. Um, Brandon Ingram with his length. I mean, they're going to be, this is going to be a really good matchup. The Pelicans' ability to score in a variety of ways. And this is where Brandon Ingram, where uh, we can split hairs about the, his choice on, on the shots that he takes, but his ability to score in the mid range when they need a bucket is huge. Um, and and I, you hit the nail right on the head, Mo getting Trey Murphy back. 
It, it really helps them. And he's not even back in the starting lineup yet. Uh, once he slides into the starting lineup, I, I think we might see them take off and, and maybe run off, you know, eight or nine, ten games in a row because they are going to be able to score, shoot, and defend at every single position aside from point guard where, you know, they're not getting defense. Oh, from I, thought you were gonna say, I thought you were going to say aside from Zion. Well, <laughs> Zion. Trey Murphy is, is Mo and I's next argument, next Mikhail Bridges argument. Oh, be he's about Mikhail Trey Bridges 2.0. Yeah. yeah, no, um, I, that's not an argument. That's yeah. true. It's just, yeah. you, you, again, the idea that Mikhail Bridges, this is, see, now you've gone completely <laughs> off track. The idea that Mikhail Bridges could be the guy on a team, which everybody was going nuts about when he was doing it on a terrible Brooklyn team last year, uh, was, is, is kind of, uh, uh, you know, uh, was sort of full of shit. I wasn't surprised. I wasn't surprised. Um, that he yeah, went off? Or, or yeah, that, that or he that, went off. That he went yeah. off. Yeah, um, he, had a nice, he had a nice run, but everybody was ready to scream of him as like, oh, he should be the number one guy, Max him, the Suns were so damn stupid trading him, blah, 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 all these things. I was like, yo, it's Jeremy Grant all over again. Oh, oh no, it's oh, not oh, that. Okay. No, it's let's, not that. Let's get back to the in-season tournament before we start a brawl uh, right. here. Let, yeah. Let's, uh, and, no, okay, I stand uh, by it. Let's brawl. You guys like wrestling? <laughs> let's go. I'm coming off there, the top rope. There you go. Uh, <laughs> Pacers, man. Um, listen, this team plays absolutely no defense and it sometimes hurts my soul to watch them. Um, Tyrese Halliburton for as good as he is on the offensive end. And this guy has been absurd, absurd the entire season. His defense is atrocious. It, I mean, the, the bucks and Pacers, we're going to watch two turnstiles at the top of the defense for both teams. We might get, a 160 to 155 game with Pacers and Bucks because the defense is that bad. The Pacers, to their credit, never relent on the offensive end. They go, they go hard, they go fast, they run on every single make. Tyrese Halliburton stays in every single play, stays in every play on the offensive end. <laughs> but his defense is so bad. Are they going to be able to do? And not just in in-season tournament, because I think the Bucs are a better basketball team, and I expect the Bucs to win. But this is a playoff team. The Pacers are going to – I think they're going to be able to sustain a, a high enough level of offense that they can make the playoffs. Are, are they just going to get swept out of the playoffs, though, because their defense is too bad? I don't know if they'd get swept out because I feel like they could have a game that's, you know – wildly offensive in a way like I don't know if they could win a series but I don't know if they'd get swept I'm, I could see put, them winning a yeah. game they put yeah. so much pressure on you with their their um uh our friend Matt Moore has has started to describe Halliburton as sort of evolutionary Steve Nash and I think that's a because uh they they play a they play fast but it's not just that they're they're fast it's that they're always going like always it's not it's it's not you know sprint everywhere but start running and it's everybody on their team and it's buddy healed is sprinting to his spots in the three-point line and they have a plethora of wings and between matherin and neesmith and and nemhart and 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 neesmith's a player i've always kind of liked and he's but he's really been it become a nice kind of uh a solid physical wing for them and 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 so they just put so much pressure on you 
constantly that like if you if you're not ready to match that on a given night like fine they're not going to be able to guard you but they're running the ball back down your throat every time and and they could wear some teams out that way uh you know maybe not four times in seven but more than once or more do you guys give them a a chance to win this single elimination game against the buck i mean a single elimination so anything can happen but you don't think the bucks you don't think the bucks are going to be able to just and again the defense is so bad, but they're just this much better. Why do you think they could crank up the defense? Like that's like you think they can really kind of. I mean, they have Brooke Lopez and Giannis, and then after that, like I'm not really looking at their defense, going like, ooh, you know. And I think that's the the thing there. I mean, the Pacers get hot and they get going. This is again, this is what the tournament's about, right? Like right. this is the fun stuff you get with that single elimination stuff. Is is this is it? Let's go. And I think you know. Halliburton has a game that they look at their wins. They beat Philly. They beat Boston. Like they have nice wins on their resume. You know, like when you're just looking at that stuff, it's like, yo, they can beat anybody on any given night. There's no reason why we got to think like the Bucks will be favored as they probably should be. Yeah. But I wouldn't look at it going like, oh, the Bucks are going to win this easy. Like this is going to be a track meet and it's just going to come down to this is going to be a make or miss game. And I think we have to, first of all, like if if it comes down to like sort of in-game str- strategizing, um, it, it's been a been a rough start to the year for Adrian Griffin and Rick Carlisle is, you know, one of the better coaches in the league. So that's an advantage. I also think that, um, you know, going psycho, uh, psychoanalysis a little bit, I think this probably means a little more to Indy than it does to Milwaukee. Like the Pacers know they're not winning the title this year. Right. But they can win something here. Right. Um, and, you know, I think the, it's not saying the Bucks wouldn't like to win, but I think it it probably is like, in some ways, this is the Pacers season. I'm going to push a little bit. Matt, you're right. But also I would say this is also the training ground for the playoffs for them. This is a, hey, Listen, that game they played against Boston, that was a, a a type of atmosphere you will feel in the first round of a playoff game at home. Which is, granted, this is going to be a neutral site, going to kind of be a little bit of a weird crowd. I don't know how much. Oh, Milwaukee but it's going to be a very pro Pacers crowd, I think. Uh, yeah, because yeah. they're going to be excited for it. But like, you know, they're fun well. I Tyrese. think the Lakers want to play the Pacers rather than the Bucks, and wouldn't you think? Probably, yeah, because they want to. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But even, but by the way, with the Lakers' defense and inability to shoot, I just, <laughs> I, I would be careful what you wish for. But the, uh, I think the thing for them is this is training ground for the playoffs. Like, hey guys. Don't just look at this as, hey, this is our only chance to win something this season. This is our chance to get playoff experience in December that might help us in April. And yeah. I think that matters. And I think that's an important thing. That's an important way this team should go about it. Whether they do is a different story, but that's something they should kind of focus on a little bit. It'll be well, interesting because the atmosphere will be that, but the the prep won't be. Right, because it's because it's only Nine two days, and, yeah. And yeah. I don't, I don't think there's been binders being made. I for hope, the I, man, I hope finals. I hope that I hope. No, Rick no. Is like, As a hey. video coordinator, I would revolt. <laughs> no, I would so, form a union and we'd fight. Like, let's go. So, is this? Can I? Can I bring up my my sort of? Well, I want to. I want to talk about the Celtics yeah. just a little bit because okay. Um, I, I look there. Coming into the season, we have. Um, I think we've talked a lot about the Celtics. Obviously, they got Drew Holiday, they got Kristaps Porzingis. They're the favorites in the East. 
Um, they've been the best team in the East, I, I think. Um, that was a rough. That was a rough game for them, Mo. I mean, the way I kind of look at it is this is the same offense we've seen from them the past few years and falls apart at the end. It's, it's, it's really good when they're making their shots, right? But it's one action into an isolation. Like that's just not, it's, you know, like I've seen them do more in the post. I've seen them try, you know, make more of an emphasis on that stuff, but really at the end of games, we see them over and over again, one action, whoever has the ball in their hands at the end of that action, that's where the ball is going to stay, and that's where we're going to uh, get a shot, and we're going to live and die by that, which, because they have such talented guys, will win them a lot of games. But that's the thing that worries me about them come playoff time. Like, I just want to see something with the variation with their offense, you know, throughout the entire game, and it just not always end up in isolation. And I think that's a problem for them that they need to find a way to get out of. If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey guys, this is JJ Redick. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash or Paulo Bencaro on his shooting workouts with Kevin Durant, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron when they were teammates in Miami. But it's not just about the player interviews. Every Monday, I break down the top three things happening around the NBA without the outlandish takes. Often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler, we dive deep into topics like rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? The Old Man of the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight? Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I owe Brad Stevens an apology, I think, because, you know, I used to blame his offense for their late game struggles and the fact that it would just fall apart. I mean, but the, the truth is those guys, they they just they get into their bag a little bit. And, and it's Dave. Now it's hard to do that. To double down, double down. Keep blaming him. That's what you do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so unfortunately, I'm not thing, built that way. <laughs> the, the other thing this illustrates is how vital Kristaps Porzingis is for them, because if they're going to run one action into something, the Tatum Porzingis pick and pop, pick and roll is a pretty good, is a pretty good sort of bell to ring over and over again. Cause that's kind of an unguardable action. So at least that gives them a chance to, to create advantages in a way that it's not going to be one action, back the ball out. Yeah. Hero ball it up. And they were missing. I, I think they missed Kristaps defense also um you know this is he's a a fantastic rim protector and then some of the stuff that they were doing with him defensively just out on the perimeter even i mean he's like trapping it almost half court sometimes i think that that they they missed that being able to apply that pressure uh in this game they missed that and Um, they they missed that and then they also you know horford is obviously a capable deputy in that regard but then 
who backs up Horford if right. if Porzingis is out. It's Luke Cornett, and he had a he had he had some moments in the first half of that game, but like especially against a a, a, a team that's going to get. I don't up know how he like caught that pacers. lob, by the way. I that was <laughs> I mean that was a lob like you throw for Victor Wembanyama. Um, he was, Air Cornette. He, he, he was he he had some positive moments in the first half and <laughs> woof moments in the second half where I was like ah. Um, guys, as, as we wrap up, I, I want to just kind of talk about the in season tournament in general. Um, number one, it's a success. This it is objectively fun. It is more fun when everyone buys in, and I mean players. Players bought in, the coaches bought in, the fans followed right along. Uh, LeBron I, at the end of a, after the game uh, last night, I thought LeBron, you know, go. The, I'm sure the clips on social media, but he discussed wanting to fight. Like, hey, you know what? We're playing for something here. Like, it matters. We're going hard, and, and it is such a nice departure from what we normally get on a Monday or Tuesday night, the first week of December. So. Um, you know, I know we're going to get Seth. I know you got an idea, man. I would do a second tournament. It's been so good. I would do one in January. I mean, just it's, it, it's so nice to have these games. Matter. So, so it's I think, I, I think that, that maybe it's just the game that I happen to go to. I mean, it's a, you know, a game that pops up on the schedule on a random Tuesday night in December in Milwaukee. Uh, the atmosphere was actually pretty, I was, I was frankly pretty disappointed with it. There was a fair amount of empty seats and I don't actually blame people because again, even people's season tickets, the game, like I got to go to the game because a friend of mine was like, Oh, Hey, this just popped up in my, in my ticket package. Um, and this is, it's a tough balance. The NBA is having to thread here as this thing gets going with maintaining momentum for it. But I think that as we move to the non-scheduled portion, the sort of the danger of of you know keeping that atmosphere alive because you know how, you know how many people had a holiday party last night that right. because of when it is in the season, um, how many people are going to be able to travel from Indiana or Milwaukee to Vegas on that notice to to and by the way, if you're trying to build excitement for it, the ticket prices they were asking for in Vegas are like ludicrous. Uh, I, the 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 friend I went with, they 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 wanted 20k for three games for for two seats. No, and like if you're trying to make you know <laughs> that that's that's something you do after the thing is established. Now you look on the secondary market and it's like. You know, it's twenty bucks for the. We've the, learned the, the nothing from Formula F one. Yeah, where where it, it filled up and it was it was great, but they charged so much that like people were able to show oh, I got a ticket for hundred bucks when they were charging you know ten times right. they wanted right. ten times that. Um, so something to to look at is maybe spacing this out. And this is something that the in season tournaments in like the in, in in Europe do do is that like okay, they they do the part of it and then there's some time so you can you can get to the semi, you can get to the final, you can make a trip out of it. Um and where that fits in with the schedule, uh, my idea has been um I was thinking about this as I was leaving the game last night is nobody really wants to play in the rookie game or the all-star game. All-Star Saturday night's still good. Why don't we have the semi on the Friday and replace the All-Star game on the Sunday? Now, I've been told that this is something that was considered and for kind of, I think, reasons of sort of that's a big sort of bit of the media calendar was was not not taken up. But I think I, I think that might give a way to give it some juice 
especially because you think that that like if the all-star weekend still is the same kind of gala it is then all the other players are there watching yeah. the, the finals of this game and so yeah. I think that would be i don't know if it's doable but it's just an idea to bring up because that was the place i was thinking that made if you're going to separate yeah. a little bit that might be the place where it makes the the most sense i like this but i do think uh, yeah i but i do think that if this thing gets established wanting to all right we're playing up to the knockout stages first bit of the season and then we come back to it in i don't know in january or something like that so we can actually get whatever the neutral site is actually make that kind of that 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 final four that that ncaa regional uh, atmosphere where you get the partisanship of the crowd which is a big part of what makes it both fun to be at and also as a sort of a tv and excitement thing yeah so i hate it (laughs) 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 sorry love you but still uh the uh the one i like that this is wrapping up and let's get to the season. I also Seth, just so you're, you're just so you don't feel alone. I also hate Dave's idea of we should have another tournament in January. Well, that's I, 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 you, know, yeah. you know, so just just, you know, I, I, I so you don't feel alone. Hate all of it. Uh, mm-hmm. no, but the I think you lose a lot of the momentum. And I think that's part of it. Like, I understand how much spacing and, and timing wise and fans and whatnot. Let's just be honest. Not about the fans that are going to actually go to the tournament game. Are they going to watch it? Right. That's the most important thing for them. Right. And I think that's the, the, I, 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 yes, they would love to have a sellout crowd, the gate receipts and all of that stuff. With that I think it also makes it a better, a better TV product. If it's, if there's some atmosphere in the building right. though. But I don't think, I don't think the, the atmosphere of the building happens because the guys on the court, like you, 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 Player buy-in, yeah, right. Like the, the it's that simple. Like the, we, you were texting us about the atmosphere of Bucks Knicks, and I said, "How simply, about Pacers?" No, and no, the Pacers on. game, the guys on the bench standing up, like they're all in. They were in, but I just think like if Bucks Knicks was close going into the fourth quarter, you'd have felt that atmosphere build. It, right. It's a it's a thing because it's the action on the court. Like we, you know, yeah, the crowd's not there. It's not quite, you know all that stuff. And, and, and it's going to be a weird crowd for these guys kind of playing in a neutral site. But I just think if we let this kind of carry on first off, teams lose their momentum in that sense, you know, in that, you know, do the stuff and then tournament in February or the, the, the final four in February kind of loses it. And you tend to forget about it. Oh yeah. Trade deadlines and yeah. things like that. Everything kind yeah. of changes. I think you just need to kind of keep it the way it is. The we talked tweaks last week. The one other tweak I, I might kind of consider is maybe go a little bit longer if you want and have this end maybe just before Christmas, or maybe have it be the Christmas Day game. No, that's I I, I I know the networks don't want that because they want no. all the five games and 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 that stuff. But like. I wouldn't mind if it won another week longer yeah, or whatnot. Like, I kind of think that's, that's fine. If we had another round, uh, if we had a little more group play and then maybe don't do group- Christmas and maybe you do new year's day and it's a new thing, you know, instead you've already got Christmas day. It's a big day on the NBA calendar. Maybe you find a different day, but I, the I IST like- bowl, 
<laughs> no, yeah, but you know, but that's but that's also the problem, and, right? Now you're heading yeah. up against bowl season, and, and, and this is right. the other thing. Let's just be honest: we're we're avoiding football, and that's going to be a thing where where why it's wrapping up when it is. I will say that the the crowds in Indiana and Sacramento Monday night that felt like playoff basketball. Watching, I mean, it sitting at home watching that felt like a playoff atmosphere, um, and. Again, I, I just anything you can do to get the fans to buy in, the players to buy in, um, it's going to make it all more fun. I mean, it's all like if when it really comes down to it, it's all fake anyway, right? None of it matters in the scale of the universe. So anything it, to make it, it matters more fun, because it matters at a certain point. That's right. right. And yeah. and it's kind of cool that they managed to pull that off. So uh, all of my skepticism uh, when I first read about it uh, in the new CBA deal. It's gone. So uh, I, I got one, one miss was thing. the courts. That's it. I got to No, I was just about to say that the one other thing is actually now the Bucks. The Bucks had one of the better courts on TV. Yeah, in person, I it actually like was it, it, it was much less jarring than it is on TV. And again, the Bucks had one of the more yeah basketball like courts. And I also think that they figured out over the course of the tournament games how to i don't know if it's the settings on the camera or how to light the arena but the difference between how it looked in indiana the first game yeah that they had there and then how it looked on tv on monday night was was night and day so i think they 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 figured just get rid of the red that's and, it and, that's and, my and only just don't do, no, no, no. just don't do those courts next year that i'm good with that like put the sticker in the middle put like maybe paint the uh the lane but like come on man like just give me a basketball court. I, they did. It was just red. It was weird. Yeah. It was an awkward. It was. It was. You just felt like Kramer li- living next to the 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 chicken place. <laughs> the neo, yeah. You know. It's just like you. It's it's that. Like I actually by the end didn't mind the courts. Like once I got used to it, I was fine. It's yeah, the red yeah. courts. I had a very hard time hard. watching games that had the full red courts. That's all I got. I yeah, felt like my I, my retinas were burned. All right. Uh, we're beating a dead horse on the courts. Uh, but anyway, uh, overwhelming success. Been a lot of fun. That's going to do it for this week, folks. Uh, enjoy. we got a lot of in-season tournament stuff coming. Uh, Andrew Schlecht is going to be out at the in-season tournament. So he's going to do some live pods post-game. So make sure you guys stay tuned in for that. Go and leave us a review on iTunes. I actually don't know if this is important or not, but um, no, no, maybe no, no. it is. Hold on. First off, terrible job pitching how to give a re- how to do the review <laughs> first off folks I like comment and subscribe review. no listen i want an honest review I, no I, no i don't want honesty no my fragile ego can't handle that give us five stars if you're not giving us five stars leave keep it to yourself that's what they say that's Fife. what marcus and da say so keep it to yourself and uh we're doing fun stuff on youtube so go and check that out over at youtube and it's just athletic nba show on youtube for seth and I'm Dave, and this has been Nerder, she wrote, on the Athletic NBA Show.